0: Please, thank you, Morina Etifano, Excellent. So those who know me um, know that I can be quite high energy. To put a little bit of a spin on it. Um, Today, hopefully, will be no different because a while ago, a few years ago, actually, I realised what God, who God had called me to be in the world. And it wasn't actually what other people were saying I was, it was actually who God said I was. And He calls me an encourager, and He calls me His child. And I had some notes for this morning, (laughs) true to form. I had a word during worship that I believe. Somebody would love to hear this morning. So, Morena to those in the other room. Uh, I believe that God wants you all to receive this if it's true for you that you are loved. You are loved beyond anything that your human mind can comprehend. And you are loved because God ordained your life. Whether your birth was planned by your parents or not, it was planned by God. And you are loved. He loves you. He loves you. And people can let us down and the world can let us down and we can be disappointed and sad and upset and spend time being angry about what's happening in the human realm. But one of the things that I've really felt pressing on my heart for the last, I don't know, weeks, I started to talk to Gina about what was going on for me and what I was being challenged by through God, through pressing in. So this morning's message is something that I'm actually challenged by. And so I'm bringing it as a challenging but loving message that I believe God's put on my heart, but be be aware I'm also working through this daily. It's a work in progress because it's a big thing, right? So um, I can't see my PowerPoint up. Oh, it is up. It's actually not showing on the screen at the back. Um, just so you know, Joel. So that uh, I don't want to turn around all the time, but if I don't know where I'm at, I don't know where I'm at. Uh, <laughs> so I'd like you to be a participatory audience, audience this morning. That's a big word, isn't it? Participatory. Uh Anyway, I'd like to know, I'd like you to raise your hand if you have ever prayed for something, for God to give you something like, give me a word, give me a vision, show me how you want me to see that person, and then you've gone, oh wow, like be careful what you wish for, right? Be careful what you pray for. Has anybody ever felt that? Yeah. So a long time ago, many, many years ago, I prayed God, break my heart for what breaks yours. (laughs) And I prayed it with fervour, I prayed it with passion and I felt anointed by the Holy Spirit as I prayed it and I was like, break my heart for what breaks yours, Lord. And then next minute, next minute, I was like seeing people through his eyes and whoa, it was eye-opening. I was like suddenly, oh, I saw things differently. My perspective changed And I started to push into this journey. So, for those who don't know me, I've been here 18 years. I know. Those who've been walking with me and my family through that time, where did that go? Yeah. And uh, so, I walked in here 18 years ago on my own, and a lot of my life was broken. I had a one year old son and three older girls. I was in my second marriage, and there were things in my life that were going really badly. And for some time, I'd been on a journey of searching for God's love, because I'd grown up with religion. I'd grown up uh, singing in the Wellington Cathedral Choir, going to Bible scripture courses in the summer with my family. I'd grown up with religion. I'd gone to the Anglican Church, the Presbyterian Church. And you know what? I just didn't get it. No one told me and no one was demonstrating that I could have a real relevant relationship with a living God that actually is my my healer, my provider, who loves me no matter what. I didn't know that. And all I was doing was church hopping with my one-year-old. And I'd go to church somewhere and I'd go, Oh, has anybody ever walked in somewhere where you just felt judged? Have you? In, in, surely you have. Surely we've all had a situation. Yeah, not nice, right? Now that might have been in my head. I accept that because I was sensitive. But you'll get why I say this soon. Is I would walk in and I would walk out feeling worse than when I walked in. And I remember thinking this. If there is a God... I'm pretty sure that he loves me no matter who I am and what I've done and what's going on in my life. And I need to find where that God is. And I walked in the back of this church and Mark Hammington was sharing his story and his testimony of how he was broken and God put him back together. Right? So I walk in and I'm like, oh, now there's a, this is like, there's real stuff happening here. So it, First point, power of testimony, right? That's what got me in this door, power of testimony. No one invited me here, God brought me here. That's another story of its own, which is an awesome one if you ever wanna catch up for coffee. Uh, Literally the power of the Holy Spirit dragged me in this church by myself, knew nobody. Nobody invited me. I walked in looking for love and I found it, right? Then Ines Conway connected with me Now I went up to her and thanked her and hugged her last week because I just thought I'm going to show you some gratitude for what you did for me. She said, did I? Because she's a woman of God and because she just does it. She connected in with me. She invited me for the cafe. She made me feel like I was welcome, I was loved, and I was valued without knowing it, Ines. Yeah? You just did what God put on your heart. And then she came to my house and had a coffee with me within a week. And that is the reason I came back. And then you've been stuck with me ever since. <laughs> you love me. Uh, so I can't see where we're up to. I'm really sorry, Dean. I don't like turning around either, but I, there's no, nothing on that screen. So Trevor did love on the 3rd of October and Dean did we are commanded to love last week. So love, 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 lots of love. So in a broken world... It's a bit of a theme, right? But for months, those who know me, Dean said it on, you know, I like to be the little love fairy because that's what God's put on my heart. Sprinkle my love everywhere. And that's just what I do. I'm happiest when I'm doing that. Um, and God's love is needed more now than ever, right? What does the world need right now? Jesus. How does the world find Jesus? Through love, through us, Ooh, that's a hard one, because it's hard sometimes. Can I have my first slide up, please? Oh, come on. Oh, what does your heart do when you see that? That isn't one of mine, by the way. What does your heart do? Melt. Melt. Oh. Next slide, please, clicker. For those of you who don't like babies very much, oh, <laughs> what does your heart do? Flowers and kittens and puppies. And do you know what's easy? Easy to love people when they agree with us, when they look like us, when they act like us, when they believe like us, when they think like us, when they take their our advice when they have breakthrough because of our prayer. When we've been walking with someone and praying with someone and they give their life to the Lord. Oh, that's love. I love you, God. I love this new friend of mine. I did good. Because as humans, a lot of what we do often, even if we're a really generous, outward focused person, comes down to how it makes us feel. It's science. Yeah? What is, has anybody ever tried to love someone or something when they don't want to be loved? Who's got teenagers in the room? Yeah. Who's, seriously, do teenagers turn into prickly cactuses or what? Sorry, Christina. <laughs> Next slide. I reckon when you're trying to love someone that doesn't want to be loved. Or they give you pushback. It's like going to kiss a cactus. You're like that little balloon there and you're walking up going, I oh, know this is going to hurt. It's going to burst my bubble. And so what do we do as humans who desire comfort in our utmost being of humanness? We go, not today. Actually, I'll think of something else. I might be a bit busy to kiss. Rather than kissing that cactus, I might go somewhere safe. Somewhere safe where I won't get pushed back or. So today I want to build on what has been spoken about over the last few times, and um, hopefully what God has put on my heart just puts more bricks on that house that we're trying to build and more tools in our toolkit and ideas. And maybe, maybe I'll share something. Maybe you already know this stuff. I don't know. I reckon it's a challenge for all of us. I've been pressing into this for 18 years, and I'm still challenged by it. So let's talk about the love story. So can I have that next slide up, please, um, Joel? So that's our love story. And there are times where I look at that and I cry. Do you ever cry when you look at what Jesus did on the cross? Do you ever cry when you think how enormous it is that God so loved the world, that's all of us, that he did that for me, for you, in our current state? In our past state, in our present state, in our future state, it doesn't matter what state, because he did that because he so loved the world. And that's you, my friends. Yeah? That's you, that's all of us. Claim that, stand in it today. That's our love story. So the challenge hasn't come yet, in case you're wondering where the challenge is, it's coming. So first of all, you know, let's read the scripture together. Can you bring that up, please? So let's read it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So what have we done to deserve this love? History shows At times, not much. Don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I've ignored God. I've denied him. I've yelled at him. I've questioned him. I've demanded from him. I've missed his answer to my prayers. I've forgotten to thank him. I've gone off his plan and his track for my life with my own ideas and my own strength. God made me an intellectual woman. And my husband goes, oh, no. <laughs> he did, he gave me a brain. You know, I'm a mother of five, grandmother of soon to be six. I'm a wife, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, I'm a business owner, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an author, but I'm also a child of God, first and foremost. And he has given me this despite, because I've got yet. He still loves us, yet. And we've heard this verse a couple of times, which I just love, so I'm gonna read it again because I love Scripture. I like speaking God's love into our world, world through Scripture. So if you could bring up uh, 1 Corinthians 13, please, Joel. Love is patient, love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And then the next slide, uh, please, Joel. And the bottom of uh, the 1 Corinthians 13 is verse 13. Three things will last forever, ever faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. So this is a beautiful bit of scripture, by the way. We had it read out at our wedding nearly 20 years ago. Woo, go us. March, we'll be married 20 years. I'm so excited. And God has done incredible things in my own marriage. It's been amazing because His love is at the centre of everything. It's not been easy. So, this is on my wall next to my favourite wedding picture the scripture. Why? Because I, like everyone, need reminding often. You know, when you're married to someone that long and you're with them for 25 years, life's a journey. You go through stuff, and we need to be reminded of how God requires us to love each other. So some of what I'm sharing in this next little bit uh, is where I'm at after 18 years on this journey, Uh, and it really challenged me to think deeper about if that's the love story, and that's how we're commanded to love, like Dean talked about last week, So Trevor talked about love, then Dean said this is we commanded to love, and both of them gave some practical stuff, but then I was like, so what does that look like in today's world? When there's, if you read the news, I don't, someone will tell me what's happening, I don't need to read the news because I'm careful with my brain, Uh, it just doesn't do good things for my brain reading the news, Um, what does it look like for the broken and the lost, so who did Jesus come for? The lost. It's nice to have, Je- you know, Dean says it every week, don't keep God a secret. See, I do listen. <laughs> don't take keep God a secret, take him out of here. You know, and it's great to say and think those things for all of us, but actually, what does that look like? Like, are we bringing people into this church that, are bringing their brokenness. Next slide with the teddy. So I did share this the other week because it was a word on my heart that was busting from my veins as usual. You can see me up the front every week, stuff just busts out of me. But I tap in to get that energy. That's an intention. Somebody said to me, thank you, this morning, they said, you look really well. And I said, I'm intentionally well. Do you know what that means? It means I press in every single day for my mental health, for my spiritual health, for my physical health. Because in the world that we are in now, it takes more energy to be that, that which God calls us to be in the world. When the world around us is swirling and negative and people are spiralling and, and Christians I know are joining in. And getting lost in the whirlpool of negativity and hatred and judgment and bondage. And I won't go there. I won't. Because God has not called me to go there. God has called me to love. So then I thought about people with broken marriages, addictions, broken hearts, making poor choices, perhaps you've walked alongside of people and you've, they've given their lives to Jesus and then they're not here because they've fallen off again. Are you still connecting with them? And I'm asking that because I ask myself every day. I have people like that in my life who I have given and given and prayed for and prayed with and given and given, and they're still broken and they're still making broken choices, but do you know where they come when they want love? Yes. They come to me or my husband, who we walk alongside one guy in this community, who's, he was, he's a lifer. He, he murdered someone when he was 19 accidentally. I say accidentally because it was in a fight and he's now in his 50s, and he's just trying to live his life. But he sees us as those who love him as he is. And that hasn't been easy. There are times where my husband will go around to, to see if he's okay, and he will yell at him. He will yell abuse at him. But we still love him, because he's God's, he's God's creature. And if he don't get it from us, who's he going to get it from? He isn't going to walk in these doors, friends. He's not because he feels too broken. Now I'm challenged by this too, trust me. Because I was talking to <laughs> Matt there. last week. We were dialoguing about judgment, and I was getting all like judgment. People's got to stop judging each other. It's really annoying me. Like, let's just not. And he goes, but it's human to judge. I went, Yeah. It is. God gave us choice. He also gave us. Humanness like judgment. So I I dare you this week, I dare you to ask God to deal with your own internal judgment. I dare you. Why do I dare you? Because I did it the other week. And suddenly, I'm like, I hear God going, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I'm like, really? I didn't think I was that much of a judgmental person. But suddenly I found myself looking at people going, oh, you know, I wish they'd. Why do I stand at the front at church every week? Do you want to know why? Because I'm not distracted. Because I can come in here and I can soak in God's goodness and I can go into an abundance and overflow of his goodness and his grace and his love and his mercy. And then I'm strong enough to go into the world and share out of an abundant heart. That's why I stand at the front. And I love the worship band. <laughs> I stand there because I know that if I stand at the back, I'll be like, oh, he has got a nice shirt on today. Oh, look, Kale's sitting next to him. You know how we do? Like we think. I don't want to do that. I want to soak. Does anybody else want to soak? We need to soak. We need to soak in God's goodness every time we can. So I'm going to share a quick testimony that really, I hope, illustrates, because this inspired me as a Christian. when I I read this book some years ago, and I know there's people in here who've read it too, and there's people who've never heard of it, so I'm going to share it anyway. Uh, It really inspired me to think about a really extreme example of someone really broken and lost, now I don't know if you've heard of Brian Head Walsh. Walsh, uh, yep. Uh, we were reading that Tim and I, what, I don't know, years ago. Anyway, his book called "Save Me from Myself." Now, if you want to, don't do it now because I'm talking. But do it later if you want to. YouTube him. YouTube his testimony, and you listen to the words he says. You listen. Because here's what he did. He was the highest paid heavy metal rock star in the entire world at the height of his career. He had money. He had homes. He had investment properties. He, had, he called himself a functioning drug addict. So do you know what that means? That means that on the outside, he thought he was fooling the world. Ha, ha, ha. wasn't fooling God. Um, and he had given his life to Jesus at 12 and then gone off course. Right? Happens to so many of us, of people. And um, he was, God used his money. So some of the investment guys invited him to church. Now, if you read his story at length, he actually talks about some Christian guy that walked alongside him for a very long time. Now, he told that guy to go away in choice words. He told that guy he wasn't interested. He told him he was stupid. He, God wasn't for him. He said every time he turned on Christian TV, he'd go, whatever, right? And he went looking for rehab clinics that he could afford. He had lots of money. And you know what they said to him? We're sorry, Brian, we don't have a very high success rate with meth addicts. And he said, he went, well, what do I do? And these guys once said to him, you know what, come to church. And he went, and he said he was thinking Ned Flanders from, you know, The Simpsons. And he was like, they're not my people. Look at the guy. He's got tattooed teardrops. Like this dude is on meth. He's on a two-year binge, two-year meth bender. The mother of his daughter is a non-functioning drug addict. So he's left caring for his daughter. And every morning he gets up, guess what? He goes, I want to be a better father because I'm all she's got, but he couldn't do it because he was so addicted and so entrenched in this life of addiction and shame, right? Guess what this guy said to him? He said, you know what? You come to church high. You come to church with all your junk, everything, your brokenness, your addiction, your myth. you bring it all to God and he will clean you up. I was like, wow. Isn't that true? But the problem is, people, is that we get so enthusiastic about saving people and being disciples and bringing people to the Lord. Sometimes in our Christian way and excitement, we put people off because we think we got to do it. We don't got to do it. Well, that's not up to us. He just said, bring all your junk to church and God will clean you up. And God did. Do you know he came to church for weeks high on meth? He walked in high. And one day, you've got to read his testimony, it's so powerful. One day he went home and he said he prayed like he'd been a Christian his whole life. God, take this meth addiction off me. And do you know what God said? He said, flush it down the toilet. He flushed it and he was free. Now, Kerry brought a powerful message. Was it last week, Kerry? Or the week before? I can't remember. It's all blending into it. <laughs> it was in the last two weeks. Kerry brought a powerful message about people not understanding how hard the journey might then become. Right? So we've got to be aware of that. So God took his addiction away, but he, you read his story, he went on a whole journey after that. There was a point where he lost all his money. But he brought people to Jesus and to faith. God used him. God had designs on him from when he was born. And God used him to bring people to the Lord that none of us would ever relate to they just look at us and go, I don't relate to you. You don't know anything about me. Because we judge each other, don't we? You know, those who don't know me are probably judging me today. Like, oh, what would you know about my life? You have not had hardship. Well, in the last year, I lost a very close friend to suicide. And I helped birth my stillborn son at 41 weeks. And that's just the last year. I stand here today excited and on fire for God because of the Lord's love for me and my family and because He never leaves us, just like Bruce said. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He is always there no matter what we're going through, ever. Full stop. End of story. So not only don't keep God a secret, but if we've got this love, we're commanded to share this isn't. He hasn't given me this fire for me. He's given it for me to share with others. So next slide. Both Trevor and Dean and and lots of people have spoken about this in the last month. You know, what is the light? Jesus is the light of the world, isn't he? Yeah, Ben. Ben's been amazing in my life. Whoo shared with me just before, before I spoke. Thank you for everyone who's prayed for me too. It's been amazing. I love you all. How do people find Jesus though? When I worked on the street van, some of you know I did five years as a team leader on the Wellington street van, um, probably about uh, nine years ago now. Time flies. Uh, And, you know, when you go out on the street van, you're meeting transvestites and prostitutes and and, and people who are really, really broken. And you walk up to someone who's that broken and hungry, like physically hungry, like Mallory shared, you know, like she said, you know, you've got physical hunger. You aren't in a receptive place to go, do you know Jesus? Do you know God? Because they'll just go, I just need food, lady. So Jesus, if you study the life of Jesus, you'll realise that Jesus met people where they are at, right? Just, it's, you, we've just got to meet people where, they, where they're at. And one of the things that I felt to say today, because this is a message for myself just as much as anyone else, is we never know what part we are playing in someone's life. You may drop a bag of groceries off to someone and you may go, "Yeah, it's out of my surplus, I just it feels good. It feels right. I'm listening to God, I'll drop a bag of groceries." That bag of groceries is not just food. When it comes with you as a believer praying behind it, with God behind it because you're a believer in Him and He wants you to be the messenger, there is power in that that you may never live to see the transformation of. Ever. But how often have our out of our own frustration or feeling of they just don't get it, have we given up on people? Honestly. I have to ask myself that too. Like, have we given up on people that just, you know, oh well, we put lots into them and they've just decided to walk back into their old ways, so I'll pick a new project? I I don't know. I don't know where God's got me. So if God's calling me to do something, oh, hello, some rain. (laughs) If God's calling me to do something, I will do it until He says. That's my mantra. God keeps me there. Can you just bring up the um, next slide, please? I am the light of the world he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. How many people in today's world are looking for the light of life? How many people? How many? Think about it. Go on social media for five minutes. You'll find a hundred in 30 seconds even of people who are Thinking the world's ending, conspiracy theories, hating on each other, hating on our government, hating on Christians, Christians hating on non Christians, like, hello, light of the world. God is bigger than any of this. He's bigger than any of us. We we are his vessels, we are his messengers of his message, which is that. That's his message. Next slide. Every te- I was sharing with someone this morning, never discount any light you share. A smile, sharing something that we have an abundance of, time, a text. I ask God daily to put people on my heart and I will suddenly randomly, some of you may have been recipients, I'll suddenly ran- randomly message someone, hey love, how are you, blah, 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 just been thinking of you literally every time the person's like, I can't believe you just messaged me, I've just been through or I'm just going through. And then I'm like, hey, let's have a coffee. God puts people on our hearts, but sometimes we're too busy to hear it and sometimes we're too busy to be obedient to it. And, And often people say to me, oh, you're so busy. You know, you're always busy. Yeah, but God is in there all the time and I will always put down my earthly busyness for something God has put on my heart. Or someone. Always. An encouraging word, a compliment, and sometimes it's the bigger things. Sometimes it's that you've actually given someone employment, or something different, but actually never discount, and don't go, oh, I don't really do much. It's just a bit of baking. Yeah, humility's nice, but please give yourself the credit for being obedient to that call on your heart, because it's never just baking. So just five quick points, practical things I do. They may encourage you. They may be stuff you already do, but I'm going to share them anyway. So the first one is um, feeding the love, feeding the light. So the next slide, please. Firstly, I accept that I'm perfectly imperfect. I'm a work in progress, and I'm okay with that because God's okay with that. God loves me endlessly anyway. That's the first thing I have to do. I have to believe that about myself. And if I don't believe it about myself, I get around people who will pray for me to believe that about myself. I will ask God to help me believe that about myself because if I don't believe that about myself, it's very difficult to believe that about someone else. I need him to help me overcome my human imperfections every single day. So the first thing I do is I pray and I pray for God to help me see not just myself how he sees me, but I pray for God to help me see others how he sees them. Have you ever done that? That's very cool. You're in a very difficult situation and someone might be causing you pain and harm and it's not easy and it's like that cactus and you're the balloon and you feel like you're gonna get hurt and you're, God I do. And then God says, "You need to press in, and I'm going to help you." And then all of a sudden, I've had it happen so many times. Suddenly, it's like blinkers have come off my eyes, and I go, "Whoa!" And I'm in, I'm flooded. You read Cory Ten Boom's story, how she forgives her perpetrator, and at the minute her hand is outstretched, she has nothing in her but fear and contempt and hatred and anger for him because I think he killed her sister or something like that. he just awful, awful concentration camp story and she extends her hand and she feels the power of the Holy Spirit go through her hand and give her utter and complete forgiveness for him in that moment. But she had to do this and she didn't feel like doing this, right? But like the cactus, oh, it's coming, it's coming. But if you trust God, he won't, he won't ever let you down if you're truly open to it. Um, I work on my own light because we can only give out of an overflow of what we have. Does everybody get that? I got that at family camp years ago. Remember family camp When we somebody said a word, you remember it? Somebody said a word about ask for the overflow and outpouring of the Holy Spirit into your life so that you are filled to overflowing and then you have the power to give to others abundantly. So we come here on a Sunday because we need encouragement and we need love and we need God every single day of our lives, right? Yeah? I know I do. I soak in it. Like, give me a river. I'll bath in it. Especially the way the world is right now. Give me anything positive. I love God's love. Anyway, so I get soaked up, but God's not soaking me for me. No. He's soaking me for other people. He's soaking me for the people that don't know His love yet. There are people out there who don't know this. They're living in desperation and darkness. When you were a kid, were you scared of the dark? Who was scared of the dark? God, God, you can admit it. Who's still scared of the dark? No, you don't have to admit that. Um, but what what do you do when you wake up in the night and it's dark? What do you do? Turn on the light what if that person isn't able to turn on their own light anymore? So just finishing up on a few things here. Uh, I study the life of Jesus because Jesus inspires me, frankly. You know, he really does. The people that he loved where they were, (laughs) I'll never be like that, but I'd like to, you know, it's sort of like when I grow up, I want to be like him. Um, Jesus was amazing. He was sent to love the broken and outcast and he got the most unlikely of characters to help him. And I pursue and commit until God says I am done. I do not give up because God did not give up on me. Next slide. If we judge, we don't have time to love. Judgment and love cannot exist in the same plane in a human brain. When we were on the street van, some of the people that I led on the street van still had ideas about, oh, you know, it's wrong to be transgender. It's wrong to be... And I went, we can't go out until you ask God to deal with that. Because did you know that broken people... Out of a room full of 100, if 99 aren't judging them and one is, guess who they'll zone in on? A broken person always looks for evidence that they're not good enough. Did you know that? So everyone might be going, we love you, we love you. And there's one person going, they'll always hear that person. So we have to ask God, God help me to see how you see them. And before we judge another human, just remember all the ways that Jesus has loved us no matter what. All the times we've let him down, all the times we've walked away, all the times we've sinned, all the times we've had a thought, a judgment, every single time we can come back to him because we know we can. But there are people out there who cannot, do not know that and they desperately need it. God has an unconditional, endless love for each and every single person on this planet. I truly believe that with every fibre of my being and all I see is what does God want me to do with that? Because I'm a doing type person, practical, like give me something to do, give me a list. I like lists, anybody like lists? I need a list, like give me something to do, God. So God says pray, press in, share. Share when you don't want to. Come to church and press in when you don't want to. This isn't about me. I've already got it. This isn't about me. I've already got it. How many people out there haven't got it yet? That breaks my heart because it breaks God's heart. So let's be a people. Let's be a people who will go to kiss the cactus and pray that God will chop the cactus spikes off before we get there. That picture just came to my crazy mind. I think in pictures. Uh, But anyway, I just want to pray. Please pray with me. Let's stand. Can we stand? Stretch. Can we pray? Holy Spirit. We come here every week seeking your touch, seeking your face, seeking your healing, seeking your grace, seeking your provision, seeking your love. And Lord, we stand here as a people committed to you, committed to each other and committed to the journey. And we just pray that you give us the eyes to see the people out there, the way you see the people out there, that you give us the wisdom, the grace The words, the not words, when to speak, when to stay silent and you give us an abundant outpouring of your love holy spirit fill us to overflowing so that we can come out of here abundantly overflowing with the love that the world so badly needs right now lord let us be vessels let us be messengers bravely pressing into an obedience to the word and the command to love in the world that we have today as it is as you have always loved us and i just pray for our nation lord you are bigger than anything that is going on right now you've got this lord and and you will, you will prevail because light always wins over darkness. I thank you, Lord, for each one of my brothers and sisters here today, but also pray your blessing goes over their families and friends and whanau and people in their lives that aren't here today. Let us be a church that's a light on a hill that draws like the moths to the lamp. In Jesus' mighty name. Shiasirigaraba. Amen.